thank you for clicking and thank you for listening. I'm Doug. Hi, welcome back. I'm Jim Dudley. And this is the Police One Podcast, Policing Matters. Jim, uh, as you well know, dating back well before Ferguson, but really spiking after Ferguson um, with the hands up, don't shoot narrative that you know was obviously and patently untrue. Um, it became clear, more clear to us, that um, that the citizens that, uh, that that we serve have really no understanding of what law enforcement work is like, of what it entails. They have um, been informed, and I'm not going to say educated, I'm going to say informed, mm-hmm. by um, CSI. So they believe that cases get wrapped up in an hour. They believe that there's massive amounts of technology where those pieces of technology don't today exist. Um, they're informed by, you know, terrible, terrible anti-cop movies like Training Day and you know things like this, where they they form their opinions of law enforcement from fictional characters and from a lack of information and understanding about you know police training, police policies, police procedures, um, police culture. You know, they're informed again by these things that that, that really don't aren't not reflective of what it's like to be in a squad room. Um, you know, we've tried since Ferguson to figure out ways to better educate the public. Um, I have been a strong advocate for trying to put in citizens academies where they don't exist and doubling or tripling them where they do exist. It's been um, revelatory to see some of these activists, these anti-cop activists and members of the media participate in force-on-force scenario training and and have that light bulb moment. You, You can watch it happen when they suddenly realize Holy smokes! This is way harder than I thought it was. Sure. Holy smokes! I got three. I shot three times because I wasn't fast enough in that scenario. Um, you know, I think that we have to go further. I think that we need to have some new ideas, and I have two to, to kind of kick your way and get your impression on them. Um, I don't know how often uh, uh, JAG grants are applied to citizens academies, but that's something because JAG grants are now coming up again. It's something that people really need to think about in law enforcement leadership spots especially in spots where you have, you know, kind of some trouble with your, with some portion of your, uh, your citizenship, your citizenry. And another proposal, which is really not um, a law enforcement driven proposal, but I think it's something that we can work, work our way to support, is to figure out ways to get um, the education system in this country. Now, I'm no fan of, of, you know, national education standards, but this one I'm a fan of is part of whether it's social studies or citizenship or history, which is what I took when I was in school. Um, in, I would say the, 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 the grammar school level, I would say maybe sixth grade, fifth grade, seventh grade, at the level at which a, develop, a child's brain is developed enough that they're, they're gonna get sex ed at that, age, at that age. This is the time to really begin to educate citizens for the long term about what law enforcement's all about. Basically taking a package of a Citizens Academy and doing a three-week course at the local middle school. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think I think it should be built into the curriculum at schools. I think um, so much of what kids learn about law enforcement is based on urban legend, right? Mm-hmm. And at the college level, I still hold urban legend discussions and say, ask me something about law enforcement that you think is real and I'll tell you if it is or not and uh, some of the questions are just unreal and I think it's our fault I think it's law enforcement's fault for not demystifying what what it is that we do or what they do and um, it goes back to 
you know, old policing where we were Batman. We pulled up in the dark car, wearing dark uniforms, jumped out of the car, grabbed the bad guy, got back in the car and drove off. The only thing you heard from a cop was nothing to see here, keep moving, (laughs) right? So I think now we've really made some great strides since the 70s with community policing, um, with footbeats. And if you read articles like uh, Broken Windows in the Atlantic Monthly by James Q. Wilson, I think it still works. It's, you know, a 25-year, 30-year article, but it talks about the fact that putting police on footbeats in in communities and neighborhoods doesn't really reduce crime, but it brings together police on a level where people can talk to them, they see them as real people. I think that works along the lines with school resource officers programs in schools. And I, I think your second idea, I think school resource officers could teach it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that would be great. It would be great for the police officer to interact with the kids. But it would be great for the kids to hear from a police officer too. Um, is this true? Can can you stop us for no reason? Uh, you know, we talk about a consensual stop versus a uh, a forced detention, and uh, I talk about it in class and say, hey, if police officer, you're doing nothing, you're sitting uh, outside your house or waiting for something, and a police officer comes along and says, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? If you don't want to talk to them, unless they detain you or unless it's pertaining to a crime, you can say, no, I'm, I'm, I really have to get going. And, and you can decline the conversation and walk away. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those are little things, but I, I think people tend to make up, they fill in the gaps with what they see, just like you said, on mm-hmm. TV or in the movies. So if, if that's your impression of how police work works, it's wrong. Uh, you can't go on the assumption of CSI. And, and we would get complaints all the time from, or often from, individuals who say, wait a minute, you just took a burglary report, aren't you going to dust for prints? <laughs> or what about DNA? you going to take a sample from my toilet in case the guy went to the bathroom in my house? No, no, no. <laughs> right? So, I mean, that's, that's where the officer has to take a moment and say, hey, look, um, it looks like he came through an open door. There are no tool marks, pry marks. Um, I just looked the area where you said they went in and took your stereo. They didn't touch anything hard or flat or smooth where fingerprints can be left. So there's really nothing to fingerprint. I mean, there's, there's a sort of uh, feel good um, appointments where you can say, okay, yeah, I'll have the guy, I'll have CSI come back and, and dust for prints. And you put it on the sheet and maybe they come and look around and they find something or they don't. But Those are really public relations tests. Mm -hmm. And on tight budgets, you really don't have a lot of room for that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that the the, the pivotal piece of this conversation is that, um, you know, officers out there listening, um, you know, it's it's an opportunity every time you have a a citizen interaction that's not an enforcement interaction. You know, that's not, you know, you're making an arrest where you have to be focused on the arrest and focused on the scenario. Um, where you're just talking to a citizen, you know, it's an opportunity to have some positive interaction that they understand what police officers are about and what the police officers are out there to do to serve and protect the, the, the you know, the innocents right. and to ensure that the people who are perpetrating crimes um, are, are, are penalized and, and in some cases incarcerated sure. for what they're what they're doing. 
No, I, and I, there are so many opportunities to do that. And I remember talking with Chief Sir here in San Francisco uh, several months back, and he talked about um, an individual who had uh, his bicycle stolen. And two things can happen when your bicycle's stolen. Uh, the police can get there and say, how long was it? It was at least an hour ago. And, they, and they'll say, well, doesn't really make sense writing a report. If you don't have your serial number, chances are slim that you'll get it back. That's the reality. And sometimes police tell that to a victim. Mm -hmm. The flip side is you can tell the individual, hey, get in the car. We're going to go for a ride around the block. We're going to take, take a ride around your neighborhood, see if anybody's out riding it still. That's another one of those sort of public relations things. You never know. Maybe you get somebody on the bike. But it's that sort of feel-good moment where you're doing something for the citizen. And there's an off chance maybe you find the bike. But that person gets out of the car, gives you the information on the stolen bike as much as they can. You file the report. We, have, we actually have a new great system in San Francisco for turning up stolen bikes. But before this, uh, you file the report, maybe something happens, maybe not. But that person goes and the next time they talk to somebody about their stolen bike, they say, yeah, but the cop was really cool. I got in the back of the police car. We looked around the neighborhood. I think I might have saw it, but it wasn't my bike. You know, he's got a story to tell. Mm -hmm. And he had a great interaction with the police. He didn't get his bike back, but something was done. So those opportunities are there. And there's, there's a lot of opportunities depending on where you live and the, depending on the kind of resources your departments have. There are cert academies right uh there are citizens academies um there are ways you can volunteer at your local police department or sheriff's department uh even the fbi has an fbi citizens academy so if you're interested in law enforcement if you're interested in finding out more about law enforcement you can look for those those opportunities and and law enforcement needs to take take the extra time to do a little more explaining about resources, lack of resources, what we do, what we can do, what we can't do. And uh, sometimes, like you say, in a critical incident, that's not always possible. But when you can, why not? Yeah. I think that what we really need to do is find a way to create more advocates among the citizens. Now, that guy with the bike is probably going to be an advocate for San Francisco Police Department. The people who have gone through a Citizens Academy, more than likely, um, you know, and, and are, are going to be at least an advocate or at least have a f more fundamental understanding of what's going on. Sure. Um, the, the media type or the, the ad advocacy type, you know, the anti-cop advocates out there who have gone through a scenario training and had the light bulb moment, you might even convince them to become an advocate for the local law enforcement. But the, 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 the piece that's kind of, for me, it's, it's, it's not missing, but it's not, it's, it's lacking. It's not enough. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see enough that there are these, Citizens Academy is happening all year long, where you know the San Francisco Police Citizen Citizens Academy is a couple of times a year. Sure. Now, just due to budgets, that's what's got you know that's what what it is what it is. But what if there was more funding? What if there was you know you know some egalitarian citizen funding more of those things? We have to figure out creative and clever ways to to to, to stop the misunderstanding and help you know kind of help along a better understanding because if and i say this all the time if we don't if we don't participate in our future our future will be dictated to us mm -hmm. and it's the citizens are demanding all these crazy things 
due to a lack of understanding. And if, yeah. it, if, if we can't figure out a way to get them smarter about stuff, um, you know, and again, I, I don't know how it will, be, it will be done, but, you know, maybe some, someone listening out there actually creates a, an idea that to have every middle school in their jurisdiction have a, you know, one and a half hour seminar from the local SRO or from the chief or whomever. Yeah. But, you know, to, to start doing things differently... Uh, well, I think we're just we're on the edge of seeing that. So I think with social media, most law enforcement agencies have some sort of presence on social media, either through right. Twitter or an alert system or Facebook or Instagram, something like that. But I don't think we take enough opportunities to make a three minute video for people to see on those social media sites to say there's a, a rash of burglaries, auto break ins, whatever in your neighborhood. Take these steps to, to prevent yourself from becoming a victim. There's that, but uh, some progressive police departments have coffee with a cop, Yep. right? I mean, chiefs of police will go sit in a coffee shop and have, a, you know, all comers can come sit and chat. Maybe it's about a crime issue, but maybe it's just a chat with your local cop. Uh, and most law enforcement agencies have at least a monthly community meeting. And so, Law enforcement can do everything you can to push out, push out, push out the information, put that hand out and hope that there's another hand that, that reaches across the table for yours. But if not, then the community should be able to say, hey, you know what? I can't be a volunteer. I can't go to NERT training or alert training or CERT training, but I can go to my one Wednesday a month community meeting with the police. Mm -hmm. And maybe I have a question, maybe I don't, maybe I want to just sort of put my finger on the pulse of what's happening in my community. And I think at, at, at some point the community has to realize that it's up to them to do something as well. Yeah. Well, again, like most of the things we talk about, this conversation will be resumed at a later date. Okay.